This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryland Stiles, and with me as always today is Grant Tuttle. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, a part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Grant, how are you doing today? I'm feeling well. It's warm outside. I've got the window shut so nobody can hear what's going on outside on the microphone. I'm sweating, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> You see what kind of conditions we put ourselves in. We shut the window. We turn off the AC. That way we don't hear anything in the background. We're trying to make the best quality for you guys out there. So please appreciate us. Yeah, I, I, would, I would love to be appreciated. People hate on my mock drafts <laughs> lately, and I, I need some love. Oh, no. Yeah, we're all feeling down. The best way to, to appreciate us is go to iTunes and subscribe and rate and review the show. And if you want your questions answered on the show... Go to the iTunes, go to the Apple Podcast, leave a question in our iTunes review with your rating of the show, and then we will give you a, uh, a shout-out and answer your question. And you can also tweet the show, either at Ryland underscore Styles, at Grant TMN Tuttle, or at Attic underscore Podcast, and get your questions answered that way as well. Well, Grant, let's just get right into the news. Tyreek Hill is at Team Workouts this week. Uh, Andy Reid said that there's no new developments in the situation. We covered this two episodes ago. If you want to go back and hear our full thoughts, uh, it's good he's at workouts in terms of on the field. And then, of course, off the field, we, we don't know uh, uh, what this means. And uh, I don't really have anything else but that. What about you, Grant? Yeah, there's not a lot to be reported here. Uh, it's it's not even particularly interesting that he's at work. Uh, I mean, like it would be like reporting – if you or I were headed into work and then people saying, oh, he showed up to work, good stuff. <laughs> like, there's just, there's nothing really significant about this. Um, nobody knows anything still, and there's not really anything to touch on at this point. Could have said it better myself. And now let's shift into some more interesting topics, particularly contract extensions. And around the NFL, two guys at two positions that are very impactful for the Chiefs, got new deals. And let's start with Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson, if you want to go through the timeline real quick, uh, he was entering the final year of a four-year, $87 million contract when he said that he wanted a new deal. He gave a hard deadline uh, 
of April 15th uh, to get the deal done or, or 16th to get the deal done. Uh, they did get a deal done, and that is a four-year, $140 million extension with a $65 million signing bonus. And, I mean, that's a pretty good deal for him. And I don't know about you, Grant. I mean, Russell Wilson, while good, is nowhere near uh, the ability of a Patrick Mahomes so if if this is the number for Russell Wilson and then fully guaranteed $84 million and $88 million for uh, Kirk Cousins and Nick Foles, I can't even imagine what uh, Patrick Mahomes' contract's going to be. Yeah, uh, I think that Russell Wilson's better than what a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, he's he's a guy that I, I've seen people talk about how Ben Roethlisberger is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson, and I just have to, I shake my head at that. That's that's ridiculous. Russell Wilson to me is probably a top five quarterback in this in, in the league, and he, it, he's getting paid like it now. Uh, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, they're in a tier above. I, I will say, like at, at least at this point, we don't know if Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to sustain this. But if he is what he, we saw last year, he is in a tier slightly above Russell Wilson. So, yes, I expect him to get more money, but I, I don't think you should discount how good Russell Wilson has been, even though they have built an offense strictly around running backs, and I don't really understand the point of what they're trying to do in Seattle with their offense. Um, that being said, yeah, well-deserved by Russell Wilson. He makes that offense do anything in the passing game. They don't have receivers that are anywhere near – like uh, the Chiefs' receiving core, I mean their best their best receiver is actually Tyler Lockett, who's who's a solid receiver, um, but that's that's not a, a mixture of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey like Patrick Mahomes has. So, yeah, I think it's well deserved, and um, I, I think that yes, Patrick Mahomes is going to make more, and it's going to be incredible. Yeah, one thing I'm interested in for Mahomes is every year, every off season. Somebody gets a new deal that's that's the highest paid blank, highest paid tight end, highest paid defensive lineman, highest paid quarterback, blah blah blah. And so with with Mahomes, he's clearly if he if he does duplicate last year and even uh, somehow improves on last year, he's clearly the best quarterback in the NFL. Especially once I mean, eventually Brady has to retire, eventually Brees has to retire. So I wonder with Mahomes. If he's gonna if he's gonna do what NBA players have done, and now NBA players do it for different reasons, but if he's gonna take a short deal and just keep maximizing his value, keep being the highest paid quarterback, so whenever someone else gets paid, he'll go up and he'll and he'll re up because quarterbacks a position where uh, yes, there's always a risk for injury in football, of course, uh, but you know with the rules the way that they are and and Mahomes, you know you don't really expect him to get hurt in in the sense of damaging his future. But you know that is a, that is a huge risk, and I'm not sure that we're going to see that. But it's something interesting, I think, to to think about. What if he signs a two year deal worth X amount of million dollars, and then he just keeps going and going and going, and eventually accrues, you know, the highest paid athlete or the highest paid football player ever. Uh, but you know, ultimately, I think that we can pretty much assume he'll take a four to five year deal somewhere in there to be comfortable, and you know, somewhere in there to to you know have that longevity and stuff and have that security. But it would be interesting to see someone break the mold and, and sign a short deal worth tons and tons and tons of millions of dollars. Yeah. I, I would like to see, I would like to see them lock him up as long as possible. Uh, and, and I think Brett Veach knows the importance of doing so. It, if you get him to a six year deal, that's, that's wonderful because think about it. He's what is he? 22 years old. So when he, this contract expires, when he's, if he's 22 now and he signs a six-year deal, he's 28 by the time he this contract is up. He's still in his prime. 
by the end of this next contract for another record-breaking deal. So I don't think he's going to lose anything by signing a long-term contract because while it may not live up to the market, maybe like uh, Drew Brees sticks it in for one more year, sticks around for one more year, and is uh, is um, signs a one-year deal for a, a, a large portion of money like all quarterbacks do. Um, but I, in the long run, I don't think Patrick Mahomes would lose anything by signing a long-term deal because he's going to get an opportunity at another one uh, when he's 28 years old. So, um, or even before if he signs for five years or whatever he signs for. Um, but that being said, I, I fully expect Patrick Mahomes to be in that $200 million range, um, especially when we have the um, – uh, what you might call it, where the owners and players and everybody has to get together and decide on collective bargaining yeah, yeah, agreement. Yeah, we get another uh, bargaining agreement. Um, I, I I think the salary cap is obviously going to shoot up, and um, what better use of that money than to give to your all star quarterback? Yeah, I, I think that if Mahomes continues his trajectory and he continues to play at the way that he did last year, and all signs point to the fact that he will. I mean, you look at a guy like RG3 who fell off. His his rookie season was really an anomaly. I mean, he, he was doing things that you could tell in the moment wasn't sustainable. Mahomes is doing things, you know, just with his pure arm talent. So I don't think that we're in any danger of him falling off uh, and, and becoming a, a bad quarterback. So with that being said, I think, you know, just give him any amount of money that he wants for any amount of time that he wants. You know, just you feel comfortable giving it all to him, and especially because he's not just a good quarterback, but he's a good playmaker. He makes people around him better. And so I think that even if you do have a ton of money tied up into Mahomes, you still can get guys around him who, who he can make better, and, you you know, you, you make up for the kind of loss. And, you know, maybe you have to lose a guy like Tyreek Hill because you can't pay him enough, you know, which doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But if that's the case and you do end up losing some talent because you have so much money tied up in Mahomes, I think he can make other people better and fill that talent gap that you lost. Yeah. I I, I mean, like, it's it's like uh, we're, us in Kansas City, we're not used to having that top-tier quarterback that makes people around him better. Um, it, like, if you were to say we need to we need to re-sign Matt Castle to a long, long-term extension because the guy just makes everybody around him better, we would scoff at you because that's ridiculous. But this, this, we're talking Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees tier of player, one that obviously can make, get the best out of every receiver. I, I mean, I, I've got to be honest, until Michael Thomas emerged on the scene, who was like a really good receiver for the, the Saints? I mean, there was Marquise Colston, who is fine. But never did it never and say I mean the same argument can be made for Tom Brady. I mean Julian Edelman is fine. These players are not all star receivers, and you don't need that if you have if you have a top you know three quarterback in the league. Um, and I think that's certainly a case that that people could make for signing Patrick Mahomes for any amount of money. Yeah, I mean you know just look at all those quarterbacks who who truly make the system. The system doesn't make them. You know, it's nice to have a young quarterback right now with all this talent around him, but I don't think that Mahomes would falter if 
if, of course, he doesn't have those weapons, because I think that he's kind of like an Aaron Rodgers who can make Randall Cobb into a great receiver, or like you mentioned, Drew Brees and Tom Brady. I think he doesn't need the top talent to succeed, but it's nice to have it, of course, especially when he's a rookie and he's trying to learn uh, and grow. And one thing about Mahomes is that he keeps developing. He keeps wanting to to learn the game of football and everything. Uh, but you know, enough about Mahomes. We'll, we'll have a full love fest for Mahomes all summer long and into next year and beyond. So let's shift over to Demarcus Lawrence, who signed a $105 million deal, 65 of which is fully guaranteed. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is a good pass rusher. He's very good, actually. But, I mean, just Chris Jones is better than him. So you would think by that factor of him being better than Demarcus Lawrence, plus Demarcus Lawrence setting the market, that Chris Jones is going to get more than than one hundred and five million dollars with worth sixty five guaranteed, wouldn't you think? Uh, yeah, I think that we're going to see him get somewhere around maybe. Uh, I mean, it depends on how inflated the market gets. Um, right now, Aaron Donald is the highest paid defensive tackle, and it also depends on when the Chiefs sign Chris Jones. If they were to say we want to wait another year to re-sign Chris Jones, which I think would be a mistake. I think you should sign him before his his number gets even more inflated. But if they were to say that, and they they just kind of let it happen and said we're going to give him another year and maybe his value will go down a little bit and so we won't have to pay as much then we're looking that he might at his at his worst he'll still be probably a top 10 played paid um player uh on the defensive side of the ball um looking at looking at the salaries Aaron Donald is the highest paid defensive tackle uh at 22 million 500 average um which is incredible Khalil Mack is paid more. So his value might be a little bit increased, um, will be a little bit decreased because he doesn't play the same position per se as as a Khalil Mack coming off the edge, unless that's what Steve Spagnuolo is planning on doing with him, which would be an even better case for signing him right now because if you move him to that mm-hmm. outside, which I don't think they're going to do, but if they did – then he's just his price is just going to go up. So I fully expect him to get paid somewhere around probably slightly under Aaron Donald because the Chiefs are going to come to him and be like, you're really great, Chris. You're one of the best players. But let's face it, you're not quite Aaron Donald. But if that market is more inflated than I realize, he could actually end up be making more uh, than Aaron Donald, which would be just insane. Yeah, which is kind of just the the argument I had with Mahomes is that you know you you get a guy like Matthew Stafford who gets some insane deal because he's he's a quarterback and that position is valuable. He's not better than Mahomes, and so if if you're one of those guys who's competitive in that way where you want to be the best and not not only be the best but you want to have the most money, then maybe that is kind of incentive for to sign a short term term deal. That way you can keep being the top paid uh, uh, position at you know the top paid player at your position no matter what happens uh, in that sense. But again, it's, it's football. It's not the NBA and, and it's, it's a lot of risk involved in that. And for Mahomes, he doesn't have to worry about money at all for the rest of his life with how good that arm is with endorsements, NFL contracts. I mean, I think even when Mahomes is washed, you know, when that day eventually comes down the road, some team like the Redskins or somebody is going to throw him a huge contract a la Donovan McNabb to, to just play football for them and, and just be a name uh, in the huddle if he wants that, if he wants that kind of money and that more money. Uh, but again, yeah, I think that you're right. Chris Jones is going to get paid and he deserves it. And 
again, I agree with you totally in the sense of it needs to happen this year. Because if you let him play another year, all that's doing is getting his value up, 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 up. So I would agree. Pay him as soon as possible. Just as soon as you can get a deal done, give him whatever he wants. Pay him any money he wants, except for, of course, if it's more than Aaron Donald. Because like you said, we all agree with Chris Jones that he's a great player. He's not quite Aaron Donald. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think that there's there, there's any argument to be made. Uh, I, I think that one could make the case that that he, his production might not be at the same level uh, next season, which is a good argument until you realize how much how how much like safeties. Remember how the safety market was so cheap last year? It was like, oh, you can get you can get any safety you want for a nickel, but now it's like now it's like they were some of the highest paid. Landon Collins that deal broke the doors off of everything <laughs> and just inflated the market incredibly high. So, Good job, Dan Snyder. Yeah. So, I mean, like that's what's, that's, that's the state of the NFL as the, the extensions are just going to get higher and higher. And so even if we see Chris Jones only get, you know, eight or nine sacks, I still think he's going to get a massive contract extension. So it just depends on how, how much of a difference you think it's going to make. And I just think that probably it will end up being cheaper in the long run to get him now uh, rather than wait. Yeah, I think you always got to pay him early if you know that that his trajectory is going to go up. I think that there there's kind of an argument, you know, for the sense that, okay, well, now he doesn't have Justin Houston, D Ford. Uh, now he's going to get, you know, double team, triple team and all that, but he was still, you know, getting a lot of attention drawn on him, and he was still an elite player and a, and a great player, so I, I don't think that you should worry about his production dropping off all that much, and the Chiefs have done a good job of of bringing in talent after, you know, after shipping off D. Ford and after cutting Justin Houston, and of course, they still have the draft to kind of improve uh, that defense if they want to, uh, but let's shift over to some lesser, you know, just lesser known guys, and that's uh, the Chiefs signed Blake Bell. And uh, Blake Bell, of course, was the Oklahoma quarterback who's now a tight end in the NFL. He played for the Jaguars, I think. Uh, does he have any chance of making the team, or is he just a camp body, do you think? Uh, I mean, he, any tight end at this point has an outside shot because they have Travis Kelsey and a bunch of nobodies. Um, but I, if he makes this team, it's going to be as the third he's going to be the third string guy and he'll be a special teams contributor. Um, but I kind of doubt whether he'll make the team, but that's just me. Maybe he's great. Yeah. I don't think he's making the team. I think he's just a camp body for the, for the chiefs. I think that the only way he makes the team is if, is if he just makes a huge impact on special teams in the preseason and you just can't live without his special team efforts, which I don't think is very likely. I think that the Chiefs are going to draft a tight end in some round this, uh, you know, this draft and use him and kind of develop him into that number two guy. And then, of course, Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's a monster. Uh, but now shifting into Alan Bailey, who worked out for the Panthers and also the Patriots, Seahawks and the Chiefs are all still in play for him. You know, Grant, I wouldn't, you know, for an, an emotional standpoint, I would like Alan Bailey to be back. I like Alan Bailey as a player on and off the field, but... In 2019, I wouldn't be against, like, I wouldn't be heartbroken. I wouldn't be upset at the Chiefs 
if Alan Bailey's not in a Chiefs uniform next year? What, what about you? It depends on the contract. Like 100%, it depends on what they're going to pay him, what they what they got in return for the contract they gave him, what that John Dorsey gave him. Uh, they, they ended up losing on that contract, in my opinion. I think he was he was a solid rotational player, but he was he was paid like a guy that should be a solid starting guy. And I didn't think he ever really was that. However, I thought that his pass rushing ability was okay. He kind of fits what Steve Spagnuolo likes and his and what he likes in players up front. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if they brought him back. But no, I wouldn't be heartbroken because I think there's there's guys out there that they could that they could get that would probably equal out uh, the same production. Um, but that being said, I don't. I also don't know. Uh, exactly what Spagnuolo is planning planning to do. Um, I I I know he's going to be aggressive. Um, can Alan Bailey do stunts? Can he is he uh, agile enough to um, fit in aggressive schemes like that? I don't know. Uh, I always thought of him as a three four guy, um, but well, I guess I guess we'll have to wait and see where he signs. Um, but I no, I wouldn't be upset if he didn't come back to Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, again, good history with the Chiefs. You know, he's a likable guy, but I just think in 2019 that you can get his production elsewhere and likely for for cheaper than what you're going to sign Alan Bailey to, whoever signs him. But we'll see. I mean, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe his contract, you know, isn't going to be, you know, all that much, which I don't think is going to break the bank by any means. But I just think that the value he brings is not going to be worth whatever contract he gets, that you can find a guy to replace him, you know, in the later rounds of the draft or uh, at the end tale of free agency and everything. But, you know, it, it's fine if they do bring him back. It's fine if they don't bring him back. And for an NFL player, that's that's never good to hear, really. You always want to be a guy who's irreplaceable. And for, for a short period of time, he was that for the Chiefs. And, I mean, he's no longer that, at least in my eyes. But uh, now why don't you take us away with the Chiefs as they made a huge signing from one of the best players in the AAF uh, he was with the first player from the AAF to sign with the, to sign with the NFL uh, since the league folded. I want you to tell us about him. Yeah, so Keith Reeser. Everybody know, remembers Keith Reeser. Yeah, uh, so Brett Veach once spoke highly of him and one other corner that I can't remember his name because he doesn't play anywhere anymore. But um, with I, I think that Brett Veach bringing in a guy like this is just makes too much sense. When you speak highly of somebody, they go to the AAF and then they – they play among the best in the league. Like, why not take a flyer on him? I, I think he would provide solid depth. He would be a good, like, fourth fourth string corner, a guy that can step in when needed. Um, I think right now he's probably better than Tremont Smith, and nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that they're, uh, that Tremont Smith is not a, that great a corner. But from what we saw last year, I don't see that much that's, rede- that's, much, that's very redeemable. Um, he's a very, very good special teams player, and I think that's why the Chiefs drafted him. I think they they liked what he might eventually be able to do on defense, but never really thought he was going to be the guy. Um, and so, yeah, I don't hate the signing of Keith Reeser, but it's not a big deal. He's going to be a depth piece and a guy they use frequently on special teams and as a guy to fill in for certain roles. Yeah, I think he's undoubtedly better than Smith at the cornerback position. Obviously, Smith's very valuable in, in the special teams area. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's no there's no really take to be had about this besides, hey, he's going to compete. He's going to try hard this summer. That We're going to see what he does in the preseason. We're going to see if he can translate the AAF success into the NFL success. 
but, you know, if he doesn't work out, that's fine. If he does work out, great. You just got a very valuable player uh, from the AAF and, and credit to the guys who, you know, like Brett Veach, who already knew about him heading into that league and then saw him, scouted him there and, and signed him. So no matter what happens here, it's either going to be a very valuable pickup or uh, just a blip on the radar and means nothing for the Chiefs. So it's a win-win for Kansas City. Uh, and, you know, they also made another another move. What do you think about this move? Go ahead and talk about that one. Yeah, so Jeremiah Ateachu, um, he's a guy that, that played for the— <laughs> That's probably better than what I would have said. I would have said Akachu. <laughs> well, bless you. But— <laughs> Uh, Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, he's a he's a guy that played with the Chargers um, for a couple of years. He started there. Uh, he's always been kind of banged up, and so I, I think this is a guy that they're taking a flyer on. I don't think it's, he's a guy that's going to to be an immediate impact player, but I think that he does provide good depth, and he might be a versatile piece. Uh, we saw that they, they went after Teron Matthew to get that versatility in the back half. Um, Ateachu is a guy that is is very versatile in what I think the Chiefs might like as a guy that can go between the Sam linebacker and the weak side defensive end. Um, now, I don't think that they're going to use him as an every-down player. He's only started 13 games in his career, and part of that's because he's been banged up. He's only had tw- He's had 12 sacks. Uh, in his career, two he had two last year um, with the Jets, and so I don't think it's a bad piece. I think it's a depth piece, um, and that's kind of what happens right here before the draft. Is we're going to sign these guys that we'll have depth for, and we'll we'll go ahead and draft our future starters and guys that we can put alongside them. Yeah, I, I think that. You hit it on the head again. I mean, again, this is a, a no-risk, high-reward play from the Chiefs. Uh, you know, we'll see We'll see how it develops. And one thing that's developing nicely for the Chiefs is that they've worked out Byron Murphy. And obviously this doesn't mean anything in the sense of if they're going to get him or not, but they clearly like him. And I really like him as well. I just want to know from you as someone who is really in the weeds in this NFL draft scene, how likely is it that he falls? Because looking at his tape from what I've done and reading about him as I have, it doesn't seem like, you know, his talent can be missed and fall all the way to the Kansas City, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I I, I have a hard time believing that he'll fall. It's the same as, there, there's a couple players like this that I'm really high on and I just can't imagine how they'll drop, but we're seeing these NFL talking heads saying, oh, well, he's going to fall to you know, 20th and 29th. There was actually one, I think David Jeremiah uh, of NFL.com was saying that, uh, that he thought that the Chiefs would draft him at 29. And I just can't imagine, uh, to me, he's the best, he's the best corner in this draft. He's the best overall corner. He's good in run uh, support. He's an excellent tackler. He might not be as athletically gifted as Greedy Williams, but people are always hungry for cornerbacks. I cannot imagine a scenario in which Byron Murphy does not go at least top 20. Uh, if he falls to that point, the Chiefs should be burning up the phone lines, trying to move up for him. If if it is at all possible to get Byron Murphy, I love that pick. Um, but there's like like I said, there's other players that I've seen that I've that I'm really high on, and other people are really high on, but the NFL head people are not. Brian Burns, I've seen. He's one of my top five players in this draft uh, because he's just he has so much upside. I have him 
going in, you know, the top 10, top 15 consistently every time I do a mock draft. There are people that have him dropping to the second round. So really the 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 whole thing is we have no idea. We have no idea what's going to happen. But I will say if Byron Murphy somehow falls to pick 20 or is around 18 where the Vikings select, and likely the Vikings are going to go offensive line. So if their top offensive linemen are off the board, that's where the Chiefs should be calling is 18. If they want to move up for somebody, call the Vikings. And I think that if Byron Murphy's there, you do it. Yeah, the NFL draft even from, you know, the front office standpoint, it's really just a guess. I mean, we're all just kind of guessing these guys, uh, especially in the media and, you know, just fans and everyone. We're, we're all we're all really just guessing. We have no insight on this sort of thing. Uh, we can watch them and see if we like them, you know, how they play. We don't really know if they're going to translate or not. I just don't see Murphy falling, and I'm glad that you mentioned trading up because I for sure would tra- trade up for Byron Murphy, you know, you know, even as up to his 18, as you mentioned, you know, I would love if the Chiefs could get Byron Murphy. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. And, you know, next week before the draft, we'll have a another draft special where we go deep into the draft uh, and talk about the Chiefs, talk about the NFL and talk about the AFC West and how, you know, this draft could shape or not shape the Chiefs or the AFC West future. Uh, but we'll get into that next week. And then, of course, following the draft, we'll have complete coverage of who the, who the Chiefs actually did draft. And also just, you know, the big surprises around the draft because there's always surprises, you know, around the NFL during draft time. It's always fun uh, and it's always a good time. But now let's shift into a topic that Arrowhead Attic really brought up and then Arrowhead Pride and Chiefs Wire really took it and ran with it as well. Uh, Jamal Charles debate is pretty interesting to me. Everyone's asking, is he a Hall of Famer? And I think no. I mean, I think he's in the Hall of Very, Very Good. I think he's in the hall. He's in the Chiefs Ring of Honor for sure, but a Hall of Famer? No, I, I just think he's in the Hall of Very Good. Like he's a very good athlete, a very good running back, but he didn't do enough to be considered a Hall of Famer in my eyes. Uh, what do you think? Okay, so I love Jamal Charles, one of my favorite all-time Chiefs. So this one's hard for me, but the the thing about Jamal Charles is, I think that in his prime, when he was healthy. He was among the best running backs of all time. So it's hard for me to say, no, he's not worthy of the Hall of Fame because I know what he was when he was at his best. But if we're going off of a statistical basis, which a lot of what people do, do that's what a lot of people do in NFL circles is they go off of, oh, he was, he was known for how good he was by his numbers. Jamal Charles' numbers might not add up except for those that yards per carry mark, which is incredible, still incredible to this day, that he averaged, what was it, 5.4 yards per carry or something like that. It's the NFL record. I think he still owns it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I can't, I can't imagine he would actually get selected to the Hall of Fame, logically speaking, but do I think he deserves the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. I, I 100% if it, there's only one running back that I think created uh, more yards like with nothing than Jamal Charles, and that's Barry Sanders. Uh, the guy didn't have an offensive line, didn't have an offense at all, and he was able to um, run all over defenses. And the same can be said about Jamal Charles. 
like I often wonder if Jamal Charles was in Priest Holmes' place behind that that Hall of Fame offensive line, I I wouldn't at all be shocked if he would have had a two two thousand two hundred five two thousand five hundred yard season just on the ground just because that offensive line is among the best of all time and Jamal Charles in my eyes is one of the best running backs of all time. It's just a shame that his career was so injury plagued and um, yeah that's all I really have to say is just that. Gosh dang, he was a great player in his prime. Yeah, and, and he was a very good player. You know, he was a borderline Hall of Famer. I don't think that the question is laughable by any means, but, you know, injuries are a part of it, and it sucks that he got hurt. Uh, but part of it is being able to stay healthy and, and racking up those numbers because he wasn't a transcendent personality. So, you know, people outside of Kansas City – you know, didn't really love him in the same way as you would a guy who's always in the news and always entertaining. Uh, and yeah, on the field, he was great. And had he had a better offensive line, sure, he would have been even better. Uh, but I, I just think that, you know, people who who say yes, sometimes are kind of leaning more with their emotions and, and how much that they like the guy. I mean, look, Jamal Charles uh, was my first Kansas City Chiefs jersey that I owned. So, I mean, I really like Jamal Charles, but he's not an NFL Hall of Famer. If this was a football Hall of Fame, like it is in basketball, where you can kind of pile in all their accolades from every level of football, sure, he's a Hall of Famer. But just from the NFL standpoint, I don't think he deserves to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, there's plenty of guys in the NFL who I wouldn't agree with that's in the Hall of Fame, but voters did. And, and if he gets the right group of guys in there voting for him, sure. I mean, there's no way he's a first ballot guy. So, you know, that that kind of pushes his his entry later and later and by that time who knows what writers will, who knows what writers will, are going to be in there voting for him and not voting for him uh, one thing for him though is he didn't piss off a lot of writers so I mean there's not going to be a lot of vengeance towards him and, and not voting for him in that sense so you know we'll see I mean if he's a hall of famer I'm not going to be outraged I'm not going to be too terribly shocked but I just don't think that that he merits it again if you listen to the Dan Patrick show he's in the hall of very very good but he's not a hall of famer uh, so now that everyone's mad at me, let's shift into the AFC West and make fun of the Raiders. That way I can get everyone back on our side. So the rumor has it that the Raiders are not going to select a quarterback in the first round. Uh, when I first saw this, my initial feeling was, okay, sticking, sticking with Derek Carr in a division where there's Patrick Mahomes looming and Phillip Rivers looming for now is not a very good idea if you believe in Kyler Murray, which... Gruden seems to. I mean, Gruden met with him. He fanboyed over him and asked him to sign an Oakland A's hat. I mean, Gruden seems to really like Kyler Murray, and they have the draft capital to get him, so I'm not sure why they wouldn't take him. You know, you know, they seem to like him a lot. So, you know, I believe Kyler Murray can be an electric player. He can be a transcendent player. Obviously, there's a lot of risk involved in that, as there is with any quarterback decision. Uh Sticking with Derek Carr, though, again, with Mahomes and Rivers knocking at your door, isn't a very good proposition to me. Uh, but I know that, you know, in these notes that you make some good points, so why don't you take the floor and what you think about this? Yeah, so the, it's it's an interesting thing about the Raiders. They're one of the most interesting teams to watch in this draft. Um, on one hand, there, there's no guarantee that you could ever get in this position again where you could probably trade up and get the best quarterback that you you believe is available in the draft. Um, they have three first-round picks. In my latest mock draft, I have them trading up and getting Kyler Murray. 
And I think that this rumor that they're not going to get a quarterback, it might have merit, but it also might be a smoke screen. Nobody knows anything at this point in the, before the draft. Most of the time, the news that of like Adam Schefter and, and Ian Rappaport come the day before the draft or the night of the draft where they're like, oh, this is happening. And then it's like, oh, that, yep, that's, that's, the, that's the facts of the matter. So this early stuff that we hear that they're not going to trade up doesn't really have merit to me at this moment in time. But, yeah, I think it would be good for Oakland on one hand to get a guy like Kyler Murray right now and build around him if, that's, if, if he's your guy, if he's their guy. Um, it would be great for Kansas City if Kyler Murray didn't come to the AFC West. Um, but I can also see that it would be a great thing for Oakland to use this draft to build a solid um, foundation. And if you have thir- three first-round picks, I I would consider, this is why they're one of the most interesting teams in the draft, is that I would just consider to use all three picks. Don't get Don't sacrifice any of them. Just take the three best players on your board because God knows the Raiders are terrible and they have no talent other than that wide receiver at this point. Like, I just, I think that they're in a unique position with three draft picks where they could either move up and draft for the future, try to move on from Derek Carr in some way, which they could. I, I guarantee you somebody would trade for Derek Carr in a heartbeat because of his one season of glory, and that's how desperate people are for quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, so they could do it on that. They could They could move up and take Kyler Murray, who I believe is far and away the best quarterback in this draft, or... They could just draft an edge, a defensive tackle, and then uh, maybe a corner or a safety with that third pick. And I think that that would be also great for Oakland. But it would be best for Kansas City if they didn't draft Kyler Murray, and it would also be great for Oakland if they didn't draft Kyler Murray. So uh, it's kind of a win-win for both teams um, in either situation. Yeah, I mean – you, you nailed it. The, the Raiders are the most interesting team to watch, you know, here in the next week as we get closer to the draft and we see how things are going to trend uh, in the draft. Uh, I mean, like you said, the, 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 the rumors, you know, you can't really buy into them. The Raiders could still very well take Kyler Murray or another quarterback in the draft. I mean, this is the time of the year where things get crazy in NFL media, where things are flying all over the place and you don't really know what to believe and what to not believe until it's official. I mean, just look at Two years ago, whenever Kirk Cousins was traded to the Browns and then it ended up, nope, he wasn't traded at all. There was no such thing as that uh, move happening. He was traded from the Redskins to the Browns entering the second year of his franchise tag. And then that just had no merit at all whatsoever. That was just a stupid rumor. So a public service announcement, do not believe everything you see on Twitter when it comes to draft season. Turn on your Scheffner notifications, turn on your Rappaport notifications, and just believe them, yeah, okay? Because there's a ton of swirling there's stuff. 100, there's a hundred things that are that are that we've seen be rumored and not not at all happened. Remember when Andy Reid was first hired in Kansas City? There was that report before he flew into Kansas City that there was a ninety percent chance he was going to be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. That was not even close <laughs> to happening. So, yeah, I I just I. I don't give a lot of merit to things at this point until I hear from Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like in basketball. You don't believe anything until Woj says it. You don't believe anything until Adam Schefter says it either. ESPN's kind of cor- cornered the market there. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the Raiders have a direct impact on the Chiefs and what they do this draft. You know, the Raiders, you know, could lay a great foundation. We could look back at this draft and say, wow, what a great year for the Raiders here. They've got all these young guys now on a very controllable contract, a very valuable contract, and that's the reason why they have success in a couple of years. Or we could look back and say, okay, they got their franchise quarterback. They got their franchise guy in, in Murray. Let's see how this goes. Or we could look back at it and say, okay, well, they made an RG3 trade, and now they're screwed. Really, the Raiders and Daniel Snyder are the two people who could mess up this this draft capital you know, terribly bad. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be quite funny if it happened, honestly. Not only because I hate the Raiders, but I think that John Gruden was just a terrible hire. Uh, and it would be funny to watch him mess this all up. But that's why you have to stay tuned to the Arrowhead Act podcast and and listen to us talk about the NFL draft next week and the week following and see if the Raiders messed it up. Grant, do you have any final words? Yeah. As always, check out the stuff at Arrowhead Addict. Now, I'll, I have been doing mock drafts every week, uh, and I'll have one more before the draft comes out. And this last one got a lot of people upset because I had the Chiefs trading up to 18 to select Montez Sweat. And I can understand why you're upset, but no, I'm not going to quit my day job. I don't have enough money to quit my day job. It's okay. Breathe. It's a mock draft. Anything could happen. We're all good. Everything's good. We're breathing through this because we're Chiefs fans. We're used to misery. So we're not going to turn on each other. We're going to stand united. We're going to believe that Brett Veach is going to make the right decision with this pick. But in all seriousness, check out the stuff at Arrowhead Attic because everybody there is a solid writer, whether you think so or not. So I think so. Uh, And that's what matters, obviously. So uh, with that, I hope everybody has a great day. Yeah, hopefully you all do have a great day. Hopefully I'll have a great day as I'm going to be staying up all night watching the Thunder in the playoffs. Hopefully I can get a winning game too. Uh, but again, to echo Grant's sentiment, also check out ArrowheadAddict.com. ArrowheadAddict.com has the best coverage. You know, that's that's not the Athletic, honestly. I mean, the Athletic's the only team, I think, that rivals Arrowhead Attic and our team there. You know, they get the news out quickly. They get it out efficiently. They have their opinions in it with the news where it's not, you know, just one or the other. I think it's a great website to check out. Of course, I have my biases writing for them and now podcasting for them, but I would be saying this even if I wasn't affiliated with them. So check them out, arrowheadact.com. This has been the Arrowhead Act Podcast on the Fan-Sided Podcasting Network. For Grant Tuttle, I'm Rylan Stiles. Be good and be good to one another. We will see you guys next week. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.